Hi, this is Jeff Cobra, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. We're here to celebrate the opening of Remy's Ratatouille adventure. With this opening at Epcot, we had a sneak peek at this new attraction to Walt Disney World. Riding it three times in a row gave us some insights that we want to share with you. What's the attraction like? How does it compare? And how popular will it be? We'll discuss the new area that it sits in, the queue, the ride itself. Are you going to want to ride this? <laughs> you bet. Will you want to pay extra for this as a Lightning Lane Select experience? Hmm. Well, find out as we go into the details of this new attraction and what it's like. I think you'll be excited for your next visit to Epcot. By the way, we hope that you are um, checking in on our website, Disney at play.com make sure you subscribe there that way you'll be notified of upcoming podcasts and you may also want to check your own podcast subscriber make sure you're subscribed there as well now i have to admit there's going to be some spoilers attached as we describe this entire attraction but but let's be honest the ride is like the movie so you're not getting some unique plot line or you're not going to be surprised. Oh my goodness, I had no idea this happened at the end. Not, not, none of that is going to really happen. Moreover, I think this will really help you make a decision as to whether you want um, to utilize a Lightning Lane Select Pass to experience this attraction. Will that be worth the money? Now, if you're not familiar with Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, or maybe Ratatouille itself, it's where you board mouse-like vehicles as you embark on this, I think it's a pretty playful, and yet somewhat furious, little journey shrunken down to the size of a rodent. You navigate the kitchen and the dining room, then join all of Remy's friends as they help out making dinner. It's, it's really a very family-style, uh, fun family-style attraction that highlights scenes from the original uh, movie. And by the way, on our Disney at play.com site, you could see the entire video to the attraction. But let's not start there. Let's back up a little. Everyone's familiar with France in Epcot. And that has been for many years, nearly 40, one of the grandest of the World Showcase offerings. And it is no less so. Um, but it, in fact, is now nearly double in size as we get ready to open up not just this new attraction, but the the alleyways and the and this what they refer to as a mini land. In fact, I would say, in many ways, this has almost made France an entire land as opposed to just a pavilion within World Showcase. It really has. Um, it has increase and as you move what you have to do is you as you arrive in france head toward the right and uh, toward the river which feels like you're on the sun uh in france and and uh it's a nice little lane down that direction and then what you do is you emerge into what's known as Mochons. terrible french sorry but it really means alley of the merchants um where you are actually in a fairly wide boulevard compared to the other streets in um, 
in the in the France Pavilion. You know, they've really designed the original streets to be very quaint, very intimate. Uh, this is much more, uh, much wider open, which will be helpful as crowds begin to really come down on this attraction. So that'll be a good part of this. Um, we did not get a chance to uh, visit La Crêperie de Paris, uh, which is their new crepe restaurant. They have, remember, uh, there has always been a kiosk for buying crepes in the front of the pavilion. That has been removed and now this will happen. And I thought originally this was only going to be a sort of, you know, like the kiosk kind of thing, check it out. But it is an indoor seating area and restaurant and we'll have to check that out and do an entire uh, review of that um, as it opens. Now it has been opening somewhat for uh, when the cast member previews occurred, but it was not open on the day we came. By the way, we had a chance to join a family um, on the Club 33 preview day and my thanks to this very generous family for inviting my wife and I. We were just delighted to have a chance. Um, and and uh, because it was Club 33 day, I have to acknowledge the fact that there weren't a lot of people in that area. We had a very intimate experience to ourselves, enjoying the whole land and the attraction. And that's why they allowed us to ride multiple times. I don't believe that will occur as they go into the um, annual pass preview days next week. But it was uh, available to us in that regard, just not the uh, the crepe, new crepe restaurant that they have. As you go down this new alley, which is kind of funny to say is alley of, of, um, of merchants, because the only thing there is the crepe shop and the attraction at the end. Surprisingly, there is no gift shop in this area. You'd think you would be stepping out into something that celebrated all forms of, of Remy, but not the case. Um, it It is without any uh, attraction. I can't help but think there's probably going to be some kind of little cart or kiosk at some point thrown in, but it isn't there currently. You step to what is um, the end of the street and you are um, walking into um, this attraction. And the first thing I noticed I thought was so unusual um, is, is that there was a, uh, a fast pass sign in the attraction, which is a sign, <laughs> for lack of a better term, that this attraction has been sitting here for quite a while, waiting for the transition to occur uh, um, that will be um, Lightning Lane. But it hasn't been waiting so much for Lightning Lane. It's been waiting for crowds to come back. I, I really can't explain exactly why they haven't opened up Ratatouille. When, when Universal opened up a major Velocisaurus uh, thrill ride attraction and got a lot of attendance from it over the summer. And Disney could have done the same here at Epcot. It seems kind of funny that they just didn't open this attraction sooner um, because it has been sitting for some time. The other thing I notice is I begin to go into the queue 
there's a switchback outdoor switchback covered but outdoor switchback queue on the right side before you go in and then you start going through a number of hallways and the thing that struck me was really how bare these hallways were and and the comparison point i would make is peter pan's flight um you remember that while there are some interactive things there are also some hallways where you just simply have pictures from uh, peter pan and neverland and and other scenes uh pictures of the family and so forth you have none of that here and i think that would have made for a very i mean some some ways to kind of introduce the story to maybe people who weren't familiar with it um there are also little nods here and there in the land itself we'll probably go into more detail on another day there's two scooters which are similar to the ones that are used by the by uh linguini and um but uh, it, it, it really seems kind of barren. And the best comparison I can make is to the attraction at Walt Disney Studios Paris. Now, I've not been on that attraction, but I have been to the Walt Disney Studios in Paris. And barren is the word uh, for so much of what is there. And it just felt like they kind of, <clears throat> they just said, just copy the thing from Paris don't do more, don't do less. Now, that's not entirely true because um, one website noted that there is a little scene, a studio scene in the queue that is actually not in the Paris scene. So apparently there, there are other things, but for the most part, you would think since that attraction premiered a number of years ago, that they might have advanced some elements of this queue to make it a little bit more interesting compared to other cues that we that we spotlight here in um, in Walt Disney World. Now, there is a place where you come to in the queue where you step out on the roofs of Paris. And in that moment, you see a sign for Gusteau, similar to the sign X outside, which is also available um, for Gusteau's. It lights up at night. It's nighttime here in this little rooftop scene and Gusto appears um, and talks to you from the sign. Um, and he invites us to join him. Uh, there's a lot of back and forth between French, but there's also some moments in English. And, and it's not hard to understand the plot. You know, even if you never saw the film, you kind of get where this is all going. Um, so you have, um, you have this little scene. And the funny part about this little scene is that um, somebody yells something. I mean, it's very Parisian, I guess. Something yells something and all of a sudden all these dogs are, are barking. It feels very much like the scene in 101 Dalmatians. Only that's in London, not Paris. But you know how the town kind of comes alive with dogs barking. You have kind of the same element happening on the rooftop from, from uh, every few minutes. And it's just really kind of a fun little thing. The audio plays out very nicely in this little scene. We go down a couple other alleys and then we um, emerge um, to the um, to the queue or to the boarding area. Now, I have to say, I love Ratatouille. It's in some ways timeless in some respects, um, but it was made back in 2007. So this is a 15 year old intellectual property. Never mind, they waited 
several decades to do anything on Beauty and the Beast and, or Little Mermaid in terms of uh, a restaurant or an attraction. So, um, but there's not been any follow-up films to this ride, unlike Little Mermaid, which, you know, I had follow-up films and videos and TV series and, and Beauty and the Beast did too. So there has been a few things that have popped up over the years. There's There was a, um, if you had a chance at one point uh, to visit Chez de France, there was this waiter that came through with a tray and underneath uh, a silver um, uh, dish what or a silver um, uh, cover was uh, a little ratatouille puppet that kind of entertained you. It was so sweet and very endearing. And and and, and Remy uh, has been a symbol of the annual Epcot International Food and Wine Festival for off and on for many years. So it, it there's been moments of Remy, but this is a big, this is a lot of Remy for for kind of a gap over the last 15 years. Before you get into the boarding area, you pick up some 3D glasses. I have to ask the question, Are the, was it worth to add 3D glasses to this attraction? By and large, I don't mind a 3D film. Um, and I think there's some really great ones out there. I think in an intimate setting where you're much closer to the screen, I don't know that you get your bang f uh, for the buck. Um, you do, um, you do, and I don't really see, I mean, at one point I realized I didn't even have it on. And other than the spirit of Gusto kind of flying around, I didn't sense that big a need for it. Add to the fact that you're also supposed to wear a mask and sometimes that mask kind of um, steams up the 3D glasses. It, I kind of wish they had made a decision up front uh, that they just redid the films in, in 2D. Now, mind you, it's a 4D attraction is the big, you know, advertisement here because it's uh, basically film, 3D film and 4D uh, physical settings. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Again, it just kind of reminds me of, I feel like the, the attraction was very much lifted just as it is. Stop tweaking on it, Imagineers. Just get it into the other park and, and, and don't tweak anymore. So, I think that 3D glass moment is kind of a reminder of that it, the film, this, this attraction could have been done a little differently. Um, after you're queuing, you come to this uh, rooftops area where you board your rat mobiles. Now this is going to use LPS track technology. This is going to, this is trackless. It's going to follow, um, it, it's going to be similar to Rise or Mickey and Minnie's or Winnie the Pooh in Japan or um, um, the Manor in Hong Kong. And uh, I, you know, I'd seen a lot of pictures of these which looks more like mice and rats for some reason. But I've seen a lot of pictures of these vehicles. They weren't really impressive to me. They were when I arrived. They were much bigger looking when I arrived. And, and their ability to, to respond and act as you go through the scene. So many times you're in front of a 3D scene and it's moving and doing things in place that kind of adds to the feel 
of it. So I thought I thought that really worked well. These vehicles were impressive. And the queuing area was impressive. So as soon as people were boarded, they just simply went in next. And the next people came out. I mean, it was a flawless queuing experience because you had basically, I think, three uh, loading areas on, in, on each side, kind of in an L shape. And uh, it was able to take a lot of Ratmobiles and handle that. And that was separate from the the area where you disembark. So this is, this is designed to move a lot of people through it. And that's going to be important to our conversation uh, a little later on. But And this rooftop scene has got some distant scenes of Paris. It, it's a little hard to see, especially because you're so focused on getting in your vehicle, you don't appreciate it until it takes off and then you're kind of at an angle to it but um and there's there are images of of there's a child in in the window of one scene and a dog in the image in the window of another scene uh, in another window this is a beautiful little area and um and it's really well done and what we do is we move through these rooftops into um our first scene where Remy and the spirit of Auguste Gusteau are on the um, on the window. It's a it's a glass roof, glass pane roof above the restaurant kitchen, and they're trying to decide what meal they should serve all the riders. Of course, what are they going to decide on? They're going to decide on the famous ratatouille dish, right? And um, and at that point. Um, the riders, or you as a rider and Remy, um, will fall through the swinging uh, roof glass pane and into the restaurant uh, kitchen floor. And this is where things start to happen. Now, um, this starts a chase sequence where Remy is leading the riders and the other rats away from the feet of the cooks to, you know, to be safe. And where they eventually let, end up at is into this refrigerator scene, which has these wonderful oversized props. It's pretty cool in there, a lot of air conditioning in there, and, um, and little mice-sized uh, rat eyes peeking out from different corners. And there's a little scene kind of just, you know, talking about, hey, we got a lot of food here we can go through, and yeah, you can't eat the food, and all that kind of stuff. And, and so we have this wonderful little refrigerator scene with these oversized props. And then we end up back in the kitchen where Linguini sees us. He's trying to kind of mop us to the side and out of sight from Chef Skinner. And as he kind of swings them up, our, our little uh, vehicle spins around. And in spinning, we kind of move from underneath the cart to underneath a hot oven. And this is an oven where the flames are burning at the bottom of the stove, bottom of the oven. Um, this is not quite as intense and long as the heat from the mummy ride at Universal, but it's still effective as a scene. And you want to make sure, and and the you want to make sure you look up. Also, you can't tell which which vehicle is going to get there, at least as far as I can see. But the vehicles toward the back of this scene. Um, have a better view of the oven kind of lighting up and so forth. From there, you scoot onto uh, the dining area 
where folks are dining, including the local critic who is being um, served wine by Chef Skinner. And But then Chef Skinner sees you, he drops the wine, and a riot ensues. And things go really crazy. And uh, Linguini tries to help you um, by escaping into a nearby vent. And what happens is this is a little bit like Mickey and Minnie's when you go into the paradise scene and then it becomes the underwater scene. How your vehicle go, kind of goes into three individual, three or four individual theaters. It's, it's four in Mickey and Minnie's. I think it's only three here in Ratatouille. And those, um, uh, those uh, um, vehicles have a very intimate scene of Chef Skinner trying to get at you as you try to make your escape. Um, and, it's, um, and so you have this scene going on with it. And then you kind of scoot out of that and you arrive back at Remy's kitchen. And here all the rats are going to join in with cooking ratatouille in the entire meal with uh, linguine. Um, it continues until a pop champagne bottle sprays you backwards as you head um, out of the kitchen and finally move into what is the Bistro Chez Remy restaurant uh, where all the rats are eating. And here um, the guests are bid farewell by the rat colony and the spirit of Gusto um, and invited to join them for dinner and so forth. From there, we move to the disembark location and and come to an end. By the way, this that those two scenes, the disembark area and the Chez Remy, have all these little um, uh, lights, but they're not the Christmas lights that you see out there in Toy Story Land. They're the, the longer, narrow um, tree lights. Um, so it's kind of typical of what you put in the bushes to kind of illuminate. It, it, it's... By the time you've disembarked, all in all, you've had some 10 to 12 scenes, depending on how you might, you might count them. And it's a fairly involved attraction. Um, as a dark ride, this is by no means close to the Rise of the Resistance. But on some levels, and by, and by, and by the way, it's no many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which is your classic dark ride. The scale is probably closer to Mickey and Minnie's, although the square footage is larger. Um, but in comparing to all three, I would say the ride is as family friendly as Winnie the Pooh. The ride has a lot more 3D or 4D elements, in other words, physical elements, than Mickey and Minnie's does. Everything is almost projectioned in Mickey and Minnie's. And compared to Rise of the Resistance, the cinematic portions are very busy and involved here. Um, so it, I, I think it's just, it's very different than those three attractions, but you kind of, but it's kind of somewhere using the best of each of them in their own way. Um, the use of large props is much more interesting here um, than just simply going from one projection room to another, for instance. Um, now, many of the film portions are just big screens and you're facing this, circular screen as if you were in a theater and for me that that almost takes you out of the ride i i didn't like it in forbidden journey and they have a very advanced ride system going on there um but i didn't care for that that feeling of being in this little cone of of visual 
Still, each film sequence has so many things going on in the film that you're just simply brought in with all the details. I, I imagine there are a lot of Easter eggs in all of that. Lots of details to study out. Little tiny things to see. Even more detailed than Mickey and Minnie's in these film portions. Um, and, and so actually, surprisingly, I think the film portion is kind of part of what makes the attraction rewritable. Um, and, and by the way, I haven't seen an aerial view of how the ride goes through. I'll try to avoid that probably. But I, I really didn't, it didn't feel so obvious I was going from this room to this room. It just felt more seamless going through it. Um, the ride has great throughput. You should be able to board a couple of thousand people per hour into this attraction. And, and that, I think, is very important to conversation we're going to have in a moment or two. By the way, no gift shop at the exit. So again, is what a miss. Uh, I, I was really surprised. Uh, unless maybe they haven't opened it. No, I don't think there was any gift shop. But anyway, um, and the problem with the flow of the whole land is you, again, as you face France, you move to the right, you go down this one alley along the river, and then you go and make a left-hand turn and go into this boulevard where the attraction is at the end, there isn't a way to make another left and go back out to the other side of France so that the whole thing kind of surrounds it. Um, I think that would help with the flow because I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people coming back there. And this kind of reminds me a little bit of Disneyland's infamous... Um, Bear Country, Indian Village, uh, Critter Country, whatever you want to call this land as it's been so many times. It's always been a dead end. It isn't until Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened that they were able to actually make this into kind of a throughput area. I think that a lot of people will not even know there's something back there um, unless you know they know about what to look for. It's so easy already. So many people go through World Showcase and they just walk along the promenade and they don't go into the pavilions and they miss out on a lot. This one not isn't requiring you to go into the pavilion. It's requiring you to go behind the pavilion to see all of this. It certainly adds so much more to France, but at the same time, if you don't know it's there, Anyway, it's kind of interesting. The one, the attraction, by the way, has a wonderful score. I like the the real French-sounding Parisian music. Unfortunately, it doesn't have a song that kind of is something you could remember the attraction by. And I think that's a little bit of a miss. Great cast members who are assigned to work there. I should mention that in trying to film it and do everything I was trying to do, I dropped my sunglasses in the 3D glass bin, not my 3D glasses. And I didn't realize that until after I'd left the attraction. So we went right back in, told them they did a great job of getting in there and going through all those glasses and finding mine and pulling it out for me by the time I got back on the third round. So that I, my, my appreciation toward them being so helpful. Uh, this is a great family fun 
family ride. It's so much fun. Everyone should be able to go on this ride and enjoy it. There is nothing that is overly intense. Small, small children aren't going to be able to really wear those 3D glasses, much less get something out of it. But other than that, from four, five, six on to 100, you're going to just enjoy this ride. It's very lovely. If it had opened some 40 years ago, I think it would have been as popular as Figment into Journey in Journey into Imagination. Now, <clears throat> some people will call that heresy because Journey into Imagination is a great ride, and it is a great ride, and a very involved attraction. Very involved attraction. But sometimes it wasn't as coherent. A lot of people kind of were wowed by all the sets and everything, but they really, very few really made sense of what the attraction meant. We could do a whole nother uh, podcast on that. Um, but I think, I think people would have enjoyed it. And um, the attraction really sets France into kind of a major land and not just the World Showcase Pavilion. What will it do to other weights? That's an interesting thing. I'm excited to go on Frozen Ever After once this ride opens on October 1st because I think the queue is going to be a lot less over there or over at Test Track. There's a couple of places I just haven't been to in a while because I'm just not going to hassle. Having been on rides like this 40, 50, 70 times, I'm not going to get in a 40, 50 minute line to go on Frozen Ever After. But, but, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it moved it down to a 20, 25 minute line. Right now, the parks are empty. And up until October 1st, I don't know that it's going to be any any busier. With school in session and with the whole COVID thing, these parks are quiet parks. It's it They are quiet places. About as quiet as when they first reopened after um, after the shutdown. Um, and people were very timid to go in, um, even though it was middle of summer. Um, it's, yeah, the parks are quiet. Well, I'll talk about that in another uh, upcoming podcast I'm going to do on Disney's Hollywood Studios, because it was certainly um, very quiet there. Um, it also made me think about what Epcot's going to be like when Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind opens. Now, I want to say it was Inside the Magic or one of the other uh, pod, uh, websites that said that this attraction, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, is pretty close to completion, at, which it should have been by now. It's been going on for many years in, in terms of construction. It should be ready um, what their timing is, I don't think they'll pull it out before the first of the year. But imagine when it does, what it's going to be like. The fascinating thing about Cosmic Rewind is it is on the exact opposite end of a very large park. So we are now going to see crowds really stretched to the ends. I mean, right now, in the last couple of years, there just hasn't been anything worth seeing over in that corner because Universe of Energy had closed down and, and the Wonders of Life had long been closed down. 
and the interventions attractions had come to an end. Meanwhile, there just never really has been much in terms of attractions on that end of World Showcase. So it's going to be interesting to see how the crowds are dispersed much more evenly throughout the entire park. And uh, now here's the question we want to ask. Will you need to buy a Genie Plus Select Experience Pass? Will you want to? I have to tell you, I would buy a Genie Plus Select Experience Pass for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind for a couple of reasons. A, I think that attraction will be hugely popular because it is a coaster. And B, because it is a coaster, it's not going it's going to not take as many people per hour i think as this ride will thus its lines will be longer so i would buy a genie plus select experience pass perhaps for guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind to experience that but ratatouille here's what i would do is i would end my day if i were on vacation i would end my day twice in Epcot and one night I would go see Harmonious and the other night I'd be going back behind there and going on Ratatouille at the end of the day because I can tell you in that little corner way back there there is not going to be that many people uh, riding that attraction it's going it's a dead end and while it's got a great ride going in it I don't know that there are going to be pockets of time like at the end of the day where you can get on it and not really have to wait in any line at all. Um, I would, and of course it's going to offer you the option. I think they've already stated that that one is going to be um, a virtual pass option. I certainly would try to take advantage of that, but if I were doing park hopping, I'd be getting a virtual pass to rise and then taking the uh, Skyliner over to go see uh, Ratatouille. So we'll get into much more of the dynamics of how to, when, when Genie Plus opens, we'll get into more of the dynamics of how to best spend your time, whether you should park hop and so forth. But definitely you should see it. Uh, should you buy a select experience pass? No, I'm not so, not so certain about that. Um, but definitely, you should see Ratatouille. It's going to be a great attraction. Add to Harmonious, add to Galaxy's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, add to um, other things that have already been added and little things to come, the new creation shop and Coke Corner opening up and hopefully the middle of Epcot eventually opening up. There's so many things. Epcot is going to be incredibly popular in the upcoming years to come. And I would say get on that ride now before all the other crazy stuff comes. So, um, and, and the crowd becomes much, much bigger. Well, that ends it for this Disney at Play podcast. We're so glad you could join us. Again, we appreciate if you make sure you subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our DisneyAtPlay.com website. Also check out our YouTube page, J. Jeff Cobert. Make sure you subscribe there. Like um, like we mentioned earlier, our Ratatouille uh, ride-through video is there, and you can check that out if you'd like. Um, but we are glad you joined us. And in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. 
we will see you real soon.